0: Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Want to look at a different question from the Bible today. What is written in the law? Now Jesus asks this question of a particular lawyer. This is in Luke chapter 10 verse 26. And I'm going to read just that verse to you first. So Luke chapter 10 verse 26, he said to him, "What is written in the law?" What is your reading of it? Now, that was Jesus' question to a lawyer. Now, we wanna, we're want to we going to read the other verses and get this in a little better context, but I want you to realize that a lawyer, in the way that the Bible means it in this case, is someone who would have been well-versed in the law. It would have been one of their scholarly um, studiers of the Torah, the Old Law, the Old Testament. It would have been someone who really knew the old law, the, the books of Moses, very well and would have understood probably the answer to this when they asked. But let's read the other verses, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 28. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, now this is Jesus replying to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, Now this is the the lawyer again, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So he had a very good answer, right? That's very good. And he said to him, this is Jesus replying to him again, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. I mean, isn't that what Jesus really teaches us? So this goes along with Jesus' teaching. But notice when this lawyer is standing up and asking this question, where is Jesus pointing him to to get the answer? He's pointing him to the scriptures, right? He's saying, well, what is written in the law? He's pointing him back to the scriptures. Now, the scriptures they had at that time were only the Old Testament. So we're not going to pretend that the New Testament existed. It did not exist at that time. But Jesus is pointing him back to their Bible at that time. Their um their scriptures, which they did not have a Bible like we do. I, I know that. But they had a lot of scriptures, a lot of scrolls, and they had made their own um I guess their own Bible of sorts, but most of it was scrolls and those types of things, parchments. Uh, Nonetheless, the idea here is that he pointed them back to the Scriptures. Right? When we have a question in life, when we have a problem in life, when we want to know something, we need to ask ourselves, what is written in the law? What has God said? And go back to that and find that answer because that's where the answer is going to be. Some people will say odd things. They'll say, well, you know, Jesus never talked about homosexuality. That's true, but what is written in the law? Even excluding the New Testament, which does mention it, but let's just exclude that for a moment. What's written in the law? Well, if you go back and look in the law, you will find that homosexuality is an abomination and a sin. That's just the fact of the matter. I'm not Trying to come down on anybody or be mean to anybody, it's just a fact. It's like if I was a murderer, that would be terrible, and that would be a sin and I would need people to correct me on that, right, or if I'm a thief or anything else it it doesn't matter what the sin is. our response needs to be the same um and maybe that wasn't maybe that's more of an inflammatory example, which is not really what I was going for, but the idea is. If we have a question about something, well, what is written in the law? If the New Testament doesn't mention something, does that mean that it's just free and wide open for us to to do whatever we want? No. If the New Testament does not mention something, does not speak on a subject, then we have to look in the Old Testament. Our covenant is built on the Old Covenant. So we don't discard the Old Covenant. It is used. It is it is the foundation of the New Testament. And below it is the covenant with Abraham and the covenant with Noah and the covenant with Adam. So there's these covenants that build up to the New Testament. So we have to realize that we we go back to the previous covenant. We can't just randomly decide for ourselves what we're going to do because, well, Jesus didn't talk about that. It's not mentioned in the New Testament. A lot of things are not mentioned in the Bible at all, if we think about them from a practical standpoint, like airplanes and cars. You know, a lot of inventions are not mentioned in the Bible because they weren't around. But that doesn't mean that because they're not mentioned, we can't use those devices. We should be able to use those devices, especially in furthering the Word of the Lord, right? If we want to further the cause of the gospel, we're going to use these new technologies to that advantage. That's what we should do. One easy way to look at something like that, such as electricity and cars and you know all the newfangled items that we've gotten in the past hundred years, is to just realize that those didn't exist in their day, but they used. Um, They used the similar things that were available in their day. Like, if you think of a car, well, they would have had, like, maybe a horse, a horse and buggy, or they walked. They took advantage of the transportation they had, and they used that. That's what they did. Just because, you know, we don't necessarily know all about it or know every detail, that doesn't mean that the transportation we use now is wrong. That kind of thing. So, and you can apply this to a lot of things the New Testament doesn't really mention or talk about. Um, I think of, uh, music is one that people get kind of, kind of intense about. Well, the thing is the New Testament doesn't really mention music. It mentions singing, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The Old Testament mentions that as well, but it doesn't really say anything about instrumentation or music. And so a lot of people say, well, it doesn't say anything, so we're not allowed to do it. But what's written in the law? What's written in our covenant that came before? Well, we're told in the Psalms multiple places to play instruments to God. And we are told in the New Testament that everything we do should be done for the glory of the Lord. So if we were playing an instrument, I would think we would want to do that for the glory of the lord right so there's these things that just you know when you when you say that just because it's not there that either makes it okay or makes it a sin both of those ideas are wrong we need to we need to go back and look and see you know what's in the new testament what's in the old testament how can we relate these things to today and do that in a reasonable way but these this applies to almost any question we would have what what shall we do to inherit eternal life well what does what's written in the law our law is the new testament what's written in the law we need to be baptized right we need to be baptized we need to believe and be baptized we need to be born again and then we will have eternal life that's what jesus says and that's what he promises and there is nothing that goes beyond that all, through all the uh, apostles' doings and actions in Acts or all their letters. They never they never um, deny that or, or deny baptism at all, even though they talk about things like faith and grace. Of course they do because that's how we're saved is through faith and grace, that belief in God that generates that obedient action they go on to explain a lot of those things. So whenever we have these questions, whenever we have these issues, people talk about, well, you know, uh, it's wrong to eat in the uh the sanctuary. They'll say it's wrong to eat in the sanctuary. What sanctuary? Well, they they really just mean in their church, in the auditorium, they mean it's wrong. It's a sin to eat in the auditorium. I've heard this before in my life from different people. And the thing is, you won't find anything about that in the bible um there just isn't um in the old tabernacle in the old temple yes they had a lot of very strict rules about how they did things and what they did but our church buildings are just buildings really and they're intended to be there for the purpose of the use of the saints and there's nothing wrong the the people the congregation is the church the people they are the church, so there's nothing wrong with if your church decides that you're going to have something to eat in the auditorium or in the building. No, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing in the Bible written against that. There's no harm in that. David even went so far as to eat the showbread, which he was not supposed to, but you know it was given to him by the priest. And if you go back further in the law, you'll find that the that the priest. They were allowed to give that showbread to who they wanted to give it to. And I think we mentioned that in previous uh, readings that we've been doing going through the Bible. So again, what is written in the law? That's, That's to answer our questions, right? If it's not in the New Testament, is it in the Old Testament? If it's not in any of the covenants, then if we can't find anything on it in any of the covenants and there's no correlation or relating principle or idea, then we have to kind of figure that out for ourselves. But you're not gonna find a lot of things like that. You'll notice that they used fire, for instance, which would have been kind of an invention if you think about it. They they cooked their food with fire. So us cooking our food with a modern day fire like a stove is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You'll notice that they sang and played instruments and worshiped God. Right, and they, and they used the instruments they had of their day. There's nothing wrong with that if your congregation does that now. There's nothing written against that, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's going to be such singing and playing as we read in Revelation. That's going to happen in the future. That's going to happen in heaven if it's not already happening in heaven. For all I know, it already is. But if we look at that vision, all these things are shown in that vision, and they wouldn't have been shown in that vision if they were a sin, unless there was a lesson to be learned from it, right? The sinful wrong things in that vision and revelation, those are shown as sins and as wrong things, and they're displayed in that correct context. So, because they're given that proper context, right? And the other things, like I'm mentioning here, those are not shown in a bad context because they're not bad, they're not sinful, they're they're in celebration and praise of the Lord when we see those things. So, again, what is written in the law? That's what matters. That's what we have to look at. What is written in the law? Do we help people outside of the congregation, outside of the church? Are we helping people that are not in the body of Christ? Well, what is written in the law? First, if you look at the New Testament and look at what Jesus says, He says what we do for others is what we do for him. And he did not say that those others had to be in the body of Christ. He said, matter of fact, to love our enemies, to do well toward them, to be kind to them, and to treat them well. And I know that's not, I'm wildly paraphrasing, but he said to love our enemies and to treat them well and to be good to those who despise us and hate us and mistreat us so does that sound like we should be ignoring and not helping people outside of the church and outside of our congregation? No, it sounds like we should be doing kind things for those outside. The reason that is is because that's how we shine our light, and that's how we uh, show them people outside of the body of Christ. That's how we show them the love of God. We can't show them that love of God if all we do is keep everything to ourselves. So that's not helpful. Again, though, what is written in the law? We just have to keep going back to what Jesus has taught us. We have to keep going back to what is in the Bible, right? So that's the idea, and that's what I was thinking of when I saw this verse today, and I'm just doing all of this kind of off the top of my head, just reading this to you and then thinking about this and just going through these different different issues that even we have inside the church inside the body of Christ, where people hold these different viewpoints, when we have these different viewpoints, we need to go back to what is written in the law. First, the New Testament. That applies to us, first and foremost, what Jesus has taught us. And then, secondly, the Old Testament. Now, in the older covenants, which I do mention because they are covenants, there is not as much depth and detail to them. So, like the covenant with Noah is really it's really basically the rainbow and the promise that this world just will not end until God says it's going to end. Until then, the seasons and everything will continue to happen. And then Adam's covenant was even simpler than that. Well, Abraham's was simple too. But um, Adam's was even simpler in that it's just like you can enjoy all the garden, but not that. Don't, Don't touch that tree. Don't mess with that tree. And of course, they, they did it anyway. Whatever that was, some people say, well, it's not really a tree. It's okay. It doesn't really matter what it was. The fact is, the, the problem was that they disobeyed God. They decided to believe Satan over God. And that, unfortunately, that gave Satan a leg up on us as people until Jesus came back and he set things right. Unfortunately, the world is still corrupted overall, Sin and death are still in the world. That's why we say it's a corrupted, fallen world. It's not that the, all the things God made are, are now ugly and, and terrible. They're not. But we do have to recognize that sin and death came into the world through that mistake, and that will not be eliminated until God creates a new heaven and a new earth. So I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.